0: Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Chip Scoggins in for Jim this week. And, Chip, you were at Vikings practice uh, apparently yesterday and wrote about Kirk Cousins. He met with the media, the uh, now Netflix star. uh, Kirk Cousins seems, you know, pretty comfortable in his own skin is what it looked like from reading your column this morning.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the thing that's really jumped out to me. I mean, obviously – you know, he wanted a, a long-term extension this offseason that the, the two sides couldn't come to an agreement on anything. I think he wanted longer than the, the team was willing to commit to him. So, um, you know, whenever you have a quarterback going into the final year of his contract after some failed negotiations, that's typically a big talker and a lot of attention uh, attached to it. But the way that Cousins has really approached this has made it a non-story. I mean, he uh, he's been jovial, joking – He's, uh, you know, doing different things to keep the mood light. He had a <clears throat> really kind of impassioned speech to the team um, on the second day of camp that I guess lasted 30 minutes, and everybody was talking about. So it it, it struck me as a guy who really is at peace with whatever is going to you know unfold here um, this season and beyond, whether he's here or elsewhere. And it hasn't affected. I mean, I didn't you know knowing cousins a little bit that you know. As little as we are around him in interactions, and I didn't think this would be a distraction. He wouldn't, it's not something he would create into a, you know, a sideshow, but I've yeah. been struck by just how comfortable he is in this, you know, with everything that's going on and the uncertainty that he faces after this year.
0: Yeah, and if anybody is equipped emotionally to handle playing out the last year of a deal as a quarterback, it's Cousins. I mean, this is far from the first time he's done that.
1: Yeah, this will be the fourth time, which is kind of crazy in his okay. career, that uh, he's gone into a, a season and not had a year uh, guaranteed on his contract. Afterward, he had the the last year of his rookie deal in Washington and two uh, franchise tag years, and so this will be the first one with the with the Vikings. And you know, this one's different because it's um, you know it, it's a place he really really likes. Uh, I, I do think uh, when he says he wants to retire here, he means that. Um, I just don't know that it's going to be in the cards. I don't know that the team is. Going to be willing to give him, you know, a four-year extension after this year at top dollar. I don't know that they want to tie up that that kind of money long-term because partner is just finances. They're going to have to pay Justin Jefferson a massive contract here sooner than later. He's going to get paid like a quarterback, right? It's going to be thirty million annually as a starting point, and then their left tackle Christian Darrisaw is going to be in line for a pretty massive contract too. I'm guessing they probably approach him in uh, next off-season, and so. I, I don't know that uh, financially he would be able to work with those three um, contracts and then trying to fill out the rest of the roster, and, and they may just want to try to get, get younger. But a lot of that, you know what, Todd, a lot of that depends on this year. Cousins yeah. has a great year. The team does well. Uh, maybe they do try to um, secure him for another couple of years.
0: Is there kind of a, when you say the team does well, is that that's how they make the playoffs and, and win a game, something like that? Is that something that could change their mind, or do they need to make a little deeper run than even that?
1: I would think probably a deeper run. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's just good enough just to get in the playoffs again and, and, and get bounced. Um, but you have, to have a, you have to have a plan, and that's what Kwesi adolfo Mensa the GM, said on the first day of camp, that uh, you have to have different scenarios because I don't think the team knows how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to be so bad that you're in that discussion to get one of the top two quarterbacks. I just don't. You're going to have to win three or four games. They're going to be better than that, right, to be in the Caleb Williams or Drake May discussion. Now, are there other quarterbacks that could be in the first round that they like, that they feel like could be in the franchise? Possibly. You know, It's going to be a deep quarterback class. Mm -hmm. But I don't think this team's going to fall off the cliff, and so you're going to be picking late. Um, I don't know that they'd have the ammunition to move up. You would have to give up a lot of future ones, um, and maybe they're willing to do that uh, if they feel like that's the way they want to go. But I don't, I don't think they. I think there's probably like three or four different scenarios they have in mind, and they'll just go ahead have to wait and see how this thing plays out.
0: Yeah, and if they do move on from Cousins, like you said, are they really going to go with a rookie? I mean, after you just signed Justin Jefferson to a massive deal, that would seem a stretch and and as we've seen the free agent quarterback market outside of the Vikings' success with Cousins, generally if you're signing a quarterback as a free agent from another team, it's because he isn't, you know, a top half quarterback in the NFL. Well,
1: no, he's either not, you know, in that in that uh, upper echelon, or he's going to, I mean, even those guys are going to be expensive, yep. right? It's, yep. it's uh, I know everybody, you know, the the gold situation in the NFL is to be able to get that rookie quarterback who's on the rookie deal who doesn't cost a lot yet um, and be able to plug him in and win at a high level. It doesn't happen all the time. We, you know, it, it's happened. We saw it with Jalen Hurts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we saw it with Joe Burrow. We, you know, we saw it with Patrick Mahomes. So it does happen, but you have to get up into that, you know, top five pick uh, range to be able to. To get that guy ordinarily um and so you know they've even broached or we've heard the the, uh, they i don't know if they have but you've heard the idea of maybe having a bridge quarterback Mm -hmm. um for a couple years until they can find the guy that they want i mean they've had success with that here before case keenum i don't think that's your top choice right that's Mm -hmm. not the way you want to go um but i think it's one of the scenarios they have to consider
0: I only mention this because I'm, uh, you know, a homer in in some ways. So what about Trey Lance? I mean, it certainly doesn't look as though he's going to be the guy in San Francisco. I've read that he's struggling again in camp uh, there this year. So maybe because of that, the Vikings wouldn't have any interest. But is he somebody that's a possibility?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. This is where you trust Kevin O'Connell, right? right? This is part of the reason you hired him. Not the only reason, but a big part of the reason is because he's a former quarterback. This is his, um, you know, this is his area. Mm -hmm. He knows what he's looking for. And so, you know, they're trying to solve that longtime franchise quarterback uh, question that's plagued this organization and many organizations uh, for years. And so that's where you have to trust his evaluation and say, you know, would Trey Lance be a good fit and have him, you know, leads you down, you know, the path that you want to go though. So he's going to have a big say on who the quarterback is and whether it's Trey Lance or, you know, a, a a draft pick. Um this is a big part of why you you uh sign him to
0: be your head coach. With Aaron Donald uh, coming into the league, more and more teams are looking for those little more Uh, undersized, really fast defensive tackles to get to the quarterback as quickly as possible, right through the middle. That's the shortest route. That's probably the weakest part of the Vikings' offensive line. It doesn't look like they really address that. Are they going to get that much improvement from those three guys? I mean, it was still a great offense last year, top 10, in pretty much every statistical category. But I think a lot of us would like to see a little better protection up the middle for Cousins this year and whoever in the future.
1: Well, that's you're 100 percent right. And if you mentioned the the Netflix documentary, if you watched that, you saw the amount of physical pounding that, that Cousins took, and wow. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's sustainable. Wow. We know he's durable; he hasn't missed games because of injury, um, but he really got beat up last year, and it took a toll. And you saw behind the scenes of all the work that he had to do just to get ready for the next game, and and that is 100 the, the the weak spot of this. Um, of this line. I mean Ed Ingram had a really, really tough rookie year. He played, you know, a lot and played all the games, but um he really had a tough time. And Ezra Cleveland, uh, I, I don't think had a really good year and then you know, we talk about Bradbury improving, but we still know that he's susceptible to the power rush by those big strong um nose tackles and, you know, I don't it's not a coincidence that they brought in that veteran Reisner guard who started for the Broncos for a number of years. They brought him in for a visit this week. Um, Didn't sign him, um, but they're not just kicking the tires. I think they know they have to upgrade that interior of their offensive line because, you know, we've just seen how much um, pressure Cousin has faced when it's coming right up the gut. And so we'll see if they can find somebody between here and the end of the camp to plug in there and replace those guys. But uh, that – Those three guys have to have major improvement, and I just don't know that they're capable of it this year.
0: And then they did sign a a backup uh, from Denver, probably just a practice squad, just a depth. Uh, Deloro, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I don't know a whole lot about him yet, um, but it it might be just a depth guy, like you said. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Twins beaten. Joe Ryan continues to struggle. Uh, He continues to have a really high fastball usage rate, and kind of Rocco Baldelli was hinting at that after the game last night that it might be time for Joe to start mixing it up and finding some better off-speed pitches.
1: Well, yeah, and you wonder with the number of home runs he's given up. I mean, four last night, three in the span of, what, five batters? Yeah. Um, But I think the the stat is he's given up 17 home runs over his last seven starts. Hitters have gotten a beat on him, right? They they have a book, and and if if he's not able to – locate his breaking pitches, pitches they are sitting on his fastball and he's not fooling anybody now and so he's got to make adjustments and i don't know if that's you know something mechanical he has to do you know showing more trust in his off-speed uh pitches um or, or what it I means uh, the game that last night he was messing and tweaking his delivery the guy to try something because yeah. it's not working right now and he's growing to bad spot so i don't know if they'll Have him skip a spot, you know, skip a start, um, or just go back to him. But they've got to really figure this out because he's getting hit pretty hard here.
0: He shed his sleeves mid-game yesterday. He started wearing those to try and conceal (laughs) his pitches. That shows it's in his head a little bit, though, doesn't it?
1: It shows desperation, right? It shows that he's, he's grasping for straws here. So this is where they really have to, you know, the next few days they have to sit him down, go over video, go over everything and figure out get a better plan, but it it probably does start with being able to locate his off-speed pitches more and and mixing up and sequencing and not just being so predictable that hitters can get a uh,
0: beat on him. Yeah. Chip, thanks so much, and thanks for joining us this week. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate it, Todd. Thanks for having me.
0: Chip Scoggins, columnist with the Minneapolis and St. Paul Star Tribune uh, here on Live at Five Sports with Todd and Sue Ann, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.